Mate, this is going to be awesome. It's not stayed to come down for that one. Hit him, hit him. It's more than just a hobby, it's who we are. Cracker. That's why we hunt. Welcome to the Educated Hunter Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Ultimate OE. Ultimate OE provides safe, unique hunting-based experiences for passionate hunters and outdoorsmen. From hunting stone sheep in the mountains of British Columbia, rutting moose on the gravel bars of the Yukon, to chasing roaring red stags in the highland of Scotland, Ultimate OE's paid overseas experiences are designed for hunters, by hunters, to maximise enjoyment, learning and experience. For more information, it can be found at ultimateoe.co.nz or flick us an email, give us a call, we're always happy to talk through what kind of hunting adventure would be best for you. Welcome. Today's conversation is with a young Kiwi, Oliver Walker Cudby. Uh, Ollie did the Ultimate OE in 2017. It's hard for me to remember all the years now. But uh, the story, or the, the chat, is just about, I guess, a young Kiwi that wanted to make hunting a life and a lifestyle, and, and how he just went after it. So he started with working for the Department of Conservation. He then took on a role as a guide for an outfitter within New Zealand, then did the Ultimate OE program, traveled to Canada, and then on return from Canada has started outfitting for himself and has brought uh, an existing outfit and has had has been successful since and is now at the point where he's hired actually another Ultimate OE guy. So it's just a good chat. Um, you know, it starts very with humble beginnings, chasing chasing pigs with dogs, through to, you know, walking up on his first successful moose hunt, close close encounters with grizzly bears, through to through to the outfitting he does here in New Zealand now and, and you know, the the importance he he puts on selecting older animals, the importance he sees and the value he sees in meat hunts and sharing that experience with new hunters or hunters that hunt with less frequency. And, and actually sharing the process right through to cutting up the meat and, and bagging it and, and, and I guess, a, a finished product, if you like. So, really good chat. Um, I hope you enjoy it. I certainly enjoyed catching up with Ollie. It was the Sunday morning of the Shot Expo, so it's evident that I've been talking for a couple of days. But um, <laughs> that, that may or may not be any better than typical. But, uh, yeah, just just please enjoy the podcast. Yeah, that, that should be good enough, man. So, we're, um, we're in Auckland for the the shot expo it's sunday morning so we're hoping for a bit of a crowd to turn up here i'm just taking the chance to catch up with ollie ollie um well ollie was one of the guys that trained up with ultimate oe two years ago three years ago yeah two years ago I think. yeah yeah so i guess from then and there was a lot that happened prior to me but from then to now like a lot's changed in ollie's world in terms of hunting and lifestyle and stuff like that so we're just gonna have a chat about that kind of stuff really yeah sounds ideal so ollie where did Back to the starting, like where did, where did hunting start for you? I uh, just grew up with it really, you know, typical going out with the old man and older brother, that sort of thing. Um, really lucky to grow up where I did, just yep. on the um, Kapiti Coast, and my parents have a deer farm there that backs onto a heap of bush. Yep. 
and um, my dad was always a real keen pig hunter, so that was sort of my introduction to it, just going out with the old man and sort of, yeah, grew into it from there really, um, going out with the older brother as well. Uh, from there I suppose, just as I was starting to get really into it, was at the age, well my dad was at the age where he was starting to get out of it, and had a few other people sort of take me under their wing as well, so sort mm-hmm. of my old man's good friend and um, you know, good friends of mine's their parents and that sort of thing, so... Uh, yeah, a lot of people sort of... A lot of different mentors. Yeah, a lot of different mentors and, yeah, you know, some good people really just took me out and got me started and, yes, um, Dad's old mate, you know, lending me his dogs to get my dogs going and just sort of... Yeah, yeah. it's pretty lucky, isn't it? And it's something, it's, uh, the, 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 the quality of your mentorship and the and having a, uh, a variation amongst your mentorship I think really helps in terms of, you know, learning skill set and learning different skill sets that... Because if you sort of only do what you do, then that's all you know. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, and everyone's got different ways of doing things, so you, you, know, you sort of learn, you know, multiple ways of doing doing bits and bobs and people, and sort yeah. of combine that to sort of you know make your own own path, yeah. I suppose. No, exactly. And then so so how old were you when you started running your own team of dogs? Oh, I think I got my first dog when I was fifteen, and yeah, um, yeah just one dog to begin with, and sort of got her started with mates and with my uh, dad's mate and. Him lending me his dogs to get get her going, and mm-hmm. it, yeah, sort of begun from there, really. Yeah, and then the addiction starts. Yeah, I suppose so. One way to put it, eh? Yeah, it's a it's a hard one to shake the yeah. uh, the pig hunting stuff. So, and you're still running dogs now? Yeah, yep. So I've got five dogs at the moment: four mm-hmm. pig dogs, one deer dog. Yep. And um, so trying to sort of spread the time evenly between them, I suppose. Um, <laughs> yeah. With all the other things going on in life at the moment, pig yeah. dogs are probably a wee bit fat, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. a bit out of season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. get bad at times. That, that's it. That's it. And so the deer dog. Is that new for you? Yeah, it is a new one. So the first deer dog I've had, he's um, only eight months at the moment, so mm-hmm. still a pup. But um, no, it's a big learning curve with him and just something different, really enjoying that. Yeah, yeah. Is it, going. Are you are you taking some of the stuff you learnt from, I guess, the, the pig dog work, or is it you just starting clean slate? Um, I suppose a lot of it uh, does relate, you know, just the obedience side of things and just dog handling. Um, I always think it's good to learn from, I suppose you can learn from other people's mistakes, from other people who've trained deer dogs before, so mm-hmm. sort of asking a few questions, but I haven't gone down the road of those blueprints or anything, sort of trying to, you know, pick other people's brains and then put my own spin yeah, on things, yeah. and um, so far it's going really well. Good. And so and what's your intention for that deer dog, to shoot off it or just to yeah. find wounded game? Or yeah, like pointing deer in the bush. Yeah, uh, We do, even on our meat hunts, we do a lot of bush stalking with clients, so mm-hmm. people really enjoy that, so just an indicating dog. Um, but also something to you know help track a wounded animal. Yeah, yeah, oh, perfect. So then, I guess transitioning through that, you sort of have a youth just chasing pigs and shooting deer and whatnot, and then, like at some point, you decided you wanted to do more with hunting. Um, I suppose, like you said earlier, with the pig dogs, you sort of the addiction starts and yeah. you sort of um, get pretty hooked on it from there. Um, was, yeah, quite funny for me, I suppose. Um, I was all, always really into sports through college, and mm-hmm. so then after school I went to went to uni in Palmy, and I was doing a Bachelor of Sport and Exercise there. Then in my summer holidays I was sort of just back at home and trapping possums and catching pigs, you know, yep. having a great time. And um, mum sort of started putting the pressure on a wee bit, saying I've got to get a job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you can't um, just be transient and live at home forever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this, this was summer holidays when yeah. I was like 19, but she was... Um, she came home one day with a bloody, um, what do you call it, a your, uh, you know, job employment thing for New World. Yeah. <laughs> trying to get me to get a job oh. at the supermarket. <laughs> yeah. And so the next day I was down to the dock office asking for jobs. Yeah. And um, 
I got a job with them and done two summers as a hut warden goat colour for them. Oh, cool. So it was sort of my summer holiday works. Um, go and live in the Arungarungas, look after the huts there, and when the huts were all good, they'd pay all the ammo and you know, I'd go shooting goats. Right. So that was sort of, um, I suppose, where it started, you know, uh, doing it for work. So I'd done that for two summers and just yeah, lived in the bush shooting goats and it was a good time. Mm. Was it was it off dogs as well or just? No, nah, I wasn't allowed to take my dogs in there because of the Kiwi things in the in the valley, but also having to do the work on the huts. So yeah, yeah I, I suppose if I had dogs here, I probably would just gone pig and distracted a fair bit. <laughs> yeah, 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 distracted. So yeah, done that for two summers and then um, yeah, sort of starting pretty sick of uni and whatnot, yep. and I uh, was able to find out I could you know do the hunting for work. And uh, that led to getting a job guiding for another outfit in the Wairapa mm-hmm. and um, done three seasons guiding for them. Um, and yeah, just love guiding life. Yeah, how was how was that like going from a I guess a young Kiwi hunter that sort of I don't know, we get it pretty lucky, we get to just do what we want to do and do it pretty freely, to then finding yourself in the professional sector with clients and so forth like that. Like it's a bit of a bit of a culture change huh? yeah certainly a big learning curve um, yeah I suppose just dealing you know it's a lot of a people person job you know with guiding you know it's mm-hmm. you know you're, yeah just trying to keep everyone happy really and yeah. you've got to ensure well, your clients have a good time customer service role yeah you know, basically you get, there's some glossy photos that go with it but yeah. uh, you know you're looking after people firstly so yeah it's not not just all about hunting is it you know mm-hmm. there's so much more behind the scenes that a lot of yeah. people don't see yeah know, yeah and, exactly you know, yeah a lot big more to it so but no it was a big learning curve and just got pretty hooked on the whole guiding thing there and people I worked for were great um, great family and had a good time working there and that sort of led to meeting you and Matt and doing the Canada thing and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. things sort of grew from there I suppose yeah so you did yeah you did Ultimate OE in 2015 was that right no oh, I think it was 16 oh 17 17 the start of 17 seven, yeah start of 17 was the course yeah and then when it went to Canada in 17 yeah no, awesome, and then I guess because I, I like obviously remember a few of the people we've had a few people go through now, but I remember you already had a bit of a skill set because you were doing a lot of the skinning and so forth. Yeah, I suppose work. I was quite lucky already guiding in New Zealand before mm-hmm. you know doing that. So you know, like I mentioned yesterday, I tried doing the Canada thing prior to meeting you guys, and it yep. hadn't really worked out. So I was able to you know come to you guys and straight away got a job and was yeah. over there. But just quite lucky already, you know, working in New Zealand, Had doing the skinning sense. and already yeah. guiding. So and because of that, it was you know, made life easier in Canada. Yeah, yeah. So then, so your your Canadian experience, like, <clears throat> like I sort of know how it went in terms of you know guiding, shooting animals. But how did, how how did it go? Yeah, it was really neat. I eh? saw saw a lot of cool things and cool experience. I hadn't really been anywhere else in the world before that. You know, I'd just done a sports trip to Australia. So mm-hmm. otherwise, I hadn't been overseas. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah, a bit of an eye opener and. Just yeah, you know, still just hunting, but the t- different types of animals is amazing. You know, just seeing moose, seeing bears, and that sort of thing is pretty epic. Yeah, loved and, it. And the and you know the legalities around the hunting and stuff like you know there's a lot of difference and you know. Yeah, that was probably the biggest learning curve. You know, here in New Zealand, you know, if you if your client likes it, you can shoot it. Whereas over there, there's just so much more to it than that. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, it was really cool. I just had to. I suppose you learn to be a bit more patient before you. You know, it's always good to be patient anyway, but you, know, you can't, you know, you've got to be make sure what you're shooting is legal. Yeah, yeah, making like, like genuine assessments. Eh? Yeah, like yeah, 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 spot yeah. on, just assessing the animal before anything happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it, so it slows everything down. Like yeah, that's, that's the part I like about, 
you know, that sort of legality or enforcement of legality, like, it actually slows everything down. Yeah. You know, you've got to, you've got to judge that animal. And the client knows it's got to happen. So there's yeah. no pressure from them. Oh, there's always a little bit of pressure, like, you know, it, yeah. is, it is a paid industry, but, but it, you know, it's they a process and it well. has to happen. So it is good. So what was the, um, like for you, what was the, the pick of the animals in Canada? Oh, definitely moose. Yeah they're, yeah, they're pretty epic. I think a lot of the Kiwis say that, but there's something about them. Yeah, well, it's iconic, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. When you think of Canada. Yeah, it's just um, big. No, it was very cool. But I loved seeing the bears as well. And I thought that was pretty exciting. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you were still, they were legally still hunting grizzlies then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the so year after got that got band. Got a grizzly hunt as well. That was cool. pretty epic. We didn't actually end up shooting one, but we sort of got, we were within 40 yards in, under the bush on a big grizzly boar. And so just the memory of that's pretty epic. Yeah, definitely. And uh, how was the nerves on that? Oh, I was pretty excited, eh? Wasn't yeah. really, you know, I had a. Yeah, you know, 300 on half cock, so I felt pretty comfortable, but um, no, yeah. it was just exciting. I wasn't really scared, but it was yeah, yeah, yeah. exciting. Get the adrenaline going. Yeah, no, the, the bear winded us and sort of stood up and barked a couple of times, but the, yeah. uh, where the client was standing, he couldn't quite see it. It was a tram away. Yeah, right. But um, where I was, sort of had a clean shot, so it was a bit unfortunate. But, mm-hmm. You know, it's a bit unfortunate the client didn't get him, but still cool. Yeah, no, still cool. It was, and even just seeing the, the bears and stuff, like, you know, no, no related to the hunting at all. Like it's quite cool to, to see a predator and oh, certainly, and and have have the fact that you're typically the predator removed from you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. we we're in a bubble here, and well, we're kind of the alpha dogs. We can go and do whatever we want to do, and you know, nothing's really a threat to us other than our own selves. Yeah, go over there, and suddenly we're not not top of the food chain. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. That's probably the funniest thing at the start of the season. You know, with four other Kiwis and we're all you know fresh to Canada and so yeah I suppose everyone's a little bit you know, a little bit scared of bears in a way oh, everyone's yeah. just unsure of what what to do and that sort of thing yeah. and you talk to different people and some people say nah they're sweet as other people say oh shit yeah <laughs> like it, it all comes down to like it's, it's a difficult one for us because we want to install uh, I guess education around it and respect for them mm. but we don't want you to be scared of them yeah exactly because like, we don't want it to in, inhibit your no, I don't want experience to put people and stuff off, eh? But then, then you like exactly like you say. Like you talk to one person, like they're never a problem. You talk to the next person, like it's a real problem. And yeah. it, it completely comes down to the experience that they've either been part of mm. or they've heard and and sort of created in their own mind. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like so, it's yeah. just comes down to having respect for the animal, doesn't it? Yeah, and and doing all the other little bits. You know, like if you're you're clean all the time, your yeah. camps are clean, and you're uh, you know just being aware of where trails and so forth are and, and you know when you're doing stuff on low light you know and you're not hunting and making a bit more noise and you know yeah, like being aware of it there's a lot of stuff you can do you know uh, so it's, it should never be a a, a real fear yeah you know, exactly. just the respect but um uh, certainly pretty cool seeing them though just yeah, yeah. different animals so what about the 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 guiding of the moose you know for a, you're going from being a kiwi recreational hunter pig hunter whatever to guiding moose like how's that? Uh, I suppose we yeah. At the end of the day, is all still hunting, but I suppose the biggest thing was just learning the different animals. Mm-hmm. Like I say, learning the rules, but also learning, you know, learning how to handle those animals or where they are. And um, now we didn't didn't actually shoot that many of them, but what we you know did was pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, pretty fond memories there. Well, and, that, and that's kind of a reality of well in, re- in reflection to the Canadian experience like you know like it's it's epic but guys guys might only do six hunts mm. a season you know what I mean like you do 14 day hunts well that's 
Yeah, Sunday season's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't take long to, to yeah, chew up that time, you know. Yeah, and if you have one or two unsuccessfully, then yeah, yeah, yeah. So we weren't we weren't we're only on a couple of sort of moose kills, but um, mm-hmm. that was yeah, pretty awesome and just yeah, totally different, I suppose, to back home and big mountains. And yeah. So how was it when you um, do you remember the first time you walked up on a dead moose? Yeah, yeah, walked up. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> Fucking massive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you Shit can't, you can't, um, like we we obviously, uh, the training there, like we tell everybody how big yeah, they are and yeah. how much work it is, but nobody gets it until yeah. they fly on the ground there and it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Like yeah, they weren't wrong. Shit, it's huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. Nothing can still prepare you for that, eh? <laughs> no, 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 no. That would be massive. No, it's a big respect because like we get asked all the time, you know, like with trophy photos and stuff, like how do you, how do you get a moose in position? And I was like, with two or three guys, yeah, like, it's, it's the only a, way. It's not something you just do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's um, the only way to do it. Yeah, it's something else. And so, and you were doing shoulder skins. Um, no, we um, so I was only on two moose kills. The mm-hmm. first one, um, I can't remember there. No, we didn't. I think it was a European. I mean, yeah. the second one was a European as well. Oh, so, it was so lucky, quite handy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard a lot from other people about, <laughs> about the bloody work that goes into it. Well, but, especially um, when you're new to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no doubt when you've done as many as some guys have like it gets easy but yeah, yeah. you know for a first year Kiwi like it's a bit of work to do yeah. a moose head skin no we I was pretty chuffed at that actually because um, one of the moose we shot was quite um, yeah, we are sort of told from everyone to shoot them you know close to where you can get the we weren't um, using horses it was all foot back hunting yeah and we you know told to shoot them sort of somewhere in a handy spot yeah, I suppose definitely. but um, one of the ones we shot was you know probably 3k up the side of a hill yeah. <laughs> it was a bit of a mission but um how many how many backpacks of meat is that? Oh, quite a few. It was only me and the guide, not yeah. me and the client. So it's, yeah. yeah, quite a few back and forth trips here. Jeez, and, and you boned it, you boned yeah, it, right it all out. Yeah, boned it all out. But um, so it's yeah, I was pretty stoked not to have to um, cape it out on yeah. that one. With that, you know, like obviously with the legality stuff and then the, the predator stuff. Like, how was it going back to the kill sites and stuff? Like, oh, but funny there actually, me and the client, yeah, you know, we heard all the stories from everyone else, so we're just being a bit cautious as we're sneaking in mm-hmm. and. Just yeah, coming back in on the kill site, where uh, I think we had, we had, I was in front, had the rifle and half cock, just just creeping in, just you know being cautious really. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, we're probably about ten yards from it. We could see it. There's nothing on the kill. Then they bloody um, what do you call those stupid little birds? Ptarmigan. Ptarmigan. Yeah, yeah, just about storm one. Hey, flew up right under our yeah. feet. We just about shit ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no yeah, no doubt. But no, it was all good. There's no no issues here at all. So. But what about did you do any sheep hunts? Uh, I guided one sheep hunt right at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, so was, yeah, the late season sheep's quite hard. What's that? The sorry? late season sheep's quite a hard. Yeah, hunt. this was sort of mid, uh, you know, start to mid October. Yeah. So it was starting to get pretty cold by then, yeah. and um, the client had already come for a sheep hunt earlier in the season and was unsuccessful. So the outfitter invited him back for a second try, basically, and mm-hmm. just you yeah, sort of gave me the opportunity to take him out. Hmm. So I suppose it's pretty, you know, lucky to do that, and um, yeah, it's pretty exciting and just a fun trip but we didn't didn't end up getting one it was a pretty hard hunt we saw yeah. a lot of illegal rams but also I suppose you know just chucked them a deep end a wee bit myself yeah of, yeah know, it's not not an easy call man like the the sheep hunting's hard anyway and there's you know like the responsibility with it is high yeah. so you know there's a little bit of yeah a bit of pressure uh, on there. yeah a bit of well, pressure and hesitation yeah I was having to guide a sheep hunt before I'd even been on a sheep kill I yeah, yeah, there you go. Before, before that, so yeah, yeah, you know, you're sort of just hearing it from other people and trying yeah. to <laughs> make yeah, it cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and to do it at that time of year too is, is hard. Yeah, it's getting yeah. getting pretty cold. But um, no, we saw saw a bunch of rams, but nothing that I was 
comfortable with, you know, nothing mm-hmm. that was clearly legal and mm-hmm. you know, obviously I hadn't done enough of that to sort of be, you know, that good at pushing boundaries. Yeah, pushing boundaries and there's nothing clearly legal, so it was, it was sort of that, but it was yeah, still a cool hunt all the same. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that is awesome. I think it's just a good skill set for any hunter to, to go and put themselves in a different environment and be challenged and yeah, you know, bit of a have test, the goods certainly. and bads because yeah. it's, not, it's not all roses, you know. Yeah, no, it's certainly a bit of a test day, but no, it's cool. And then, so post-Canada, now you're a worldly hunter. What, what did Ollie get up to? Oh, I suppose coming back from Canada, um, I suppose... You know, you and Matt told me before, before Canada even, that, you know, it's sort of life changes and, you know, even going to Canada with a girlfriend, you, you told me that one will be hard. Yeah. And, um, you know, I suppose prior to Canada, my, you know, I suppose life goals just wanted to do the whole guide thing back and forth each year and, mm-hmm. you know, live the dream basically. Yeah, yeah. Just wanted to keep Tech riding. Boxes. Yeah. But I suppose I started to realise that I probably can't do that forever. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to try and set something up, you know, still in the hunting industry, but I'd, you know, possibly, you know, hopefully can do forever yep. and so that led to me wanting to try and get my own outfit started mm-hmm. um, so uh, yeah, after Canada tried you know, coming back trying to set things up and had a few sort of smaller blocks arranged where I could take people to and whatnot. and um, from there that sort of led on to a bigger, you know I was quite lucky I suppose as I was looking to get started uh, already operating outfit um, was you know came on the market and so I was able to make things work there and purchase that Mm-hmm. And um, it sort of just jump-started the whole process, really, and sort of, yeah, I suppose, back to being chucked in the deep end, but um, a yeah, yeah. big learning curve. Yeah, but it's a good deep end. So what what are you, what are you doing? Yeah, guiding free-range hunts on the Wairapa coast. So we've got a 20,000-acre uh, coastal property mm-hmm. and um, have the, you know, the exclusive hunting rights on there, basically. We've got red deer, fellow deer, pigs and goats, and um, we've also got 11 kilometres of private coastline. Um, and so it keeps us pretty busy. We do trophy hunts and meat hunts, but then we also do a few sort of work do's and stag do's and that yep, sort of thing. Yeah, corporate type Yeah, try and cater to a wee bit of that as well. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So I, I haven't been there, but the photos I've seen and whatnot, it's a pretty special sort of a place. Yeah, no, we're pretty lucky with it really. It's um, yeah, it's got quite a history for hunting as well. Um, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's been operating as an outfit for over 30 years, so really lucky there I've actually got some clients now that have been coming there hunting almost every year since mm-hmm. before I was born and so it's pretty cool to have those sort of guys and just yeah. history to the place yeah should you um, so no really like with, with the block and the block almost sells itself a wee bit so what's um, what's the name of it uh, Tawiti mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. That, that's the proper name um, some pronounce it Tawat but Tawiti is, is the proper name yep so Tawiti Hunting Adventures perfect and so with that, have you got a mix of international and national clients? Or yeah, what's, what's we, we do. What's breakdown um, at the moment? I'd probably say on our uh, on our trophy hunts, 50-50, international and national. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is fully free range and wild deer, you know, it does appeal to the Kiwis. We get a lot of Kiwis coming out. Um, but because the place has been going for so long as well, we do get quite a few internationals on our trophy hunts. Um, but then again, you know, like I mentioned, with it all being free range, that gives us the opportunity to do the meat hunts, and that, that's solely Kiwis. Yeah. Solely yep. Kiwis on our meat hunts. Like, is it proven popular? Like, is it a growing market, do you think? Or? Yeah, I think so. Like, mm-hmm. even um, even just, you know, I've only had the business since March last year, um, and even in a short time, you know, it's, it's that, you know, can definitely see it growing. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I think, you know, the social media is amazing, trying to, you know, promote it heavily, and, um, just trying to you know, target those guys that um, haven't done a lot of hunting. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really good for that. You know, father, sons, all that sort of experience, mm-hmm. getting kids into hunting, and 
almost like a bit of a training thing as well. You know, you sort of get those people. Yeah, you know, I suppose Kiwis that go hunting already often don't like to pay to go somewhere. Yeah. So a lot of the time we're targeting people that don't already hunt. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's sort of you know they want to want to go somewhere safe where they can learn and get the whole experience. Yeah, because obviously when somebody comes to do that sort of thing or there may be other people on camp but you know everyone is and like you know it's a safe environment for that sort of you know. yeah yeah certainly so we've um you know at the moment just got myself and another guide i mean a cook back in camp um and so and it's yeah twenty thousand acres you sort of know where everyone is and mm-hmm. um you know use for inreaches as well when we're all tracked so yeah it's all you know safe environment and get around on you know a couple of polarises i mean foot hunt from there sort of thing yeah cool and so when you do a meat hunt like um, is that part of your management as well? Like, do you, yeah, it you is. Know? So, um, yeah, there's a lot of deer on the property, and so part of that is just got to almost keep on top of the numbers. Mm-hmm. And so, doing the meat hunts gives us a good chance to do that. Yeah, you know, keep on top of the numbers, but also on the meat hunts, we'll um, you know, we'll shoot cull stags if we see them. And with that, you know, you get happier clients. Really, you know, yeah. if someone comes for a meat hunt, but they still leave with a you know, a set of antlers and also a big, uh, bigger meat animal. So it still provides us the opportunity to do that, which is really neat. Yeah, that's cool. And it's a cool opportunity for, well, new people that are new to the sport or maybe don't have the access or the ability or are actually looking to learn. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's a really good way to go about starting that way. Yeah. 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 And, you know, likes of yourself, I know, you know, you're a pretty modest sort of guy, but you've got a lot of experience now, so you can actually help people with skill sets and you know tips and tricks I guess to help them out there hunting beyond the meat hunt with you like yeah and that's where so much of the enjoyment is you know and, yeah. and doing it as well you know just you know it's just about sort of you yeah, being outside and teaching people and the, the people that you meet I suppose is a lot of the enjoyment you meet a lot mm-hmm. of cool people and if you can help them out and I suppose on their journey too you know it's mm-hmm. pretty cool yep and then so with that and then obviously then back to the, the trophy aspect like how do you work that is that like a few days or a week or yeah so we have a three day minimum on our trophy hunts mm-hmm. um, but with that we split it out over or spread it out over four days mm-hmm. so they, they only pay for being there for three days but essentially they're there for four so sort of you know for example it would be like a half day you know arrive on a friday that's counted as a half day hunt that afternoon all day saturday all day sunday then again half a day on the monday mm-hmm. and that would be yeah like yep. a three day yeah, yeah. So two full Free days. Hill day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two full days, um, two full days, two half days. That's a minimum on our trophy hunts. But obviously, with it being free range, um, you have know, more time we have, we can put into finding quality animals. Yeah. So yeah. often we get guys coming, you know, for a week. Week we've had some guys come for two weeks even. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just gives us more time, I suppose, which is always good. Yeah. Um, we run our hunts with no animal fees as well, and so you know, guys can shoot a couple animals, and so that works really well. You know, with it being free range you know we can go out and they yeah, might shoot a 10 pointer to start with but we can continue hunting for a second stag which might be a 12 pointer or yeah. a or fellow stag or fellow buck or cool. something else so that's cool like there's a good bit of value in that yeah like certainly that, that's yeah and then with that like because you've mentioned it a few times i think even i've mentioned it so it is a hundred percent free range hundred percent free range yeah yep. fully wild deer yeah awesome that's good it's um, there's you know, there's not many in that form. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> most most of the industry is sort of going the other way now, but um, yeah, you know, it's what we enjoy. So uh, and the, and the clients are there too. Yeah, yeah, clients are there, and um, I suppose with it being fully free range, you know, it opens up the Kiwi market, 
whereas a lot of the Kiwis don't want to do the high fence stuff. Yeah, well, you can't so, afford it too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it does price so, them out a wee bit. Yeah, yeah. So it opens that market up to us, which is really cool. And um, like I mentioned before, that's sort of basically what 100% of our meat hunts are, Kiwis. And, um, you know, still, still appeals to them on the trophy hunts too. So. Yeah, cool. And you've taken um, on a, a guide this year as well? Yeah, yep. So... Um, Another Jake, ultimate OE boy. Yeah, another ultimate, <laughs> ultimate OE boy helping out. So no, he, yeah. he's he's really good. He's over now running our booth for me at the moment. Yeah, so he's yeah, doing perfect. A really good job. So now really looking forward to the season ahead. Yeah, oh, no, he'll he'll good. go good. Yeah, that'll be yeah. good. And how's how's this show going for you? Ah, uh, yeah, pretty good, thank you. Like yesterday was you know pretty steady. A few people through and a couple couple sort of bookings on my calendar, but mostly just people taking cards, taking brochures, and sort of just trying to build that profile, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. And, and you've got to stick out that sort of stuff, you know. Like yeah, I sort of talked to you last year and one of the other shows, like you've just got to stick at it. Yeah. Like and eventually it will start flowing. Like yeah. once they know you and see you there often enough, and yeah, you know, know you there to stay. Yeah, yeah. Showing face. That's when it starts coming about. Yeah. So yeah, so ho- hopefully today is another another busy day. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It. And then back back to the to the outfit. Like, what do you do much of the fishing in and the the oh, dive? Like with having that coast there. Like, yeah, not not at this stage in time. I'd like to possibly you know do something with the fishing as well. But it brings another whole aspect into it. You know, mm. legally and having um, you know having obviously a boat and that sort of thing and you know a licensed skipper, whatnot. Yeah. Um, so potentially in time we'll go down that path but not at this stage but um as mentioned we've got you know a lot of coastline and so if guys want to bring their dive gear and jump in for a swim they're more than welcome to but it's sort of at their own risk and you know we don't charge for that they you know they're coming to hunt if they want to do that it's at their own risk and they're but be more than welcome to. Yeah, so awesome. Sort of just That's cool. That's especially like you know a couple of three mates or whatever out doing yeah, you know, some fun, meat eh? hunting and having a dive and stuff. Like. Yeah, that's that's what works really well on our sort of work do's and stag do's. Yeah, you can have, um, no especially having pig dogs too. Yeah, can sort of have you know two groups of guys out with a guide each deer hunting, another group of guys pig hunting, another group of guys diving, another huh. group of guys clay bird shooting. Yeah, you know, just pretty few options eh? really. Yeah. yeah. And so you catching a few pigs on the block? Yeah, yeah, no, plenty of plenty of pigs around. But, yeah, um, yeah. Probably, yeah, you know, probably it's need a, to. It's a time thing. Yeah, time <laughs> thing, really. Too busy trying to run the business these yeah, days. But yeah. um, that's all right. And we take a few clients out for pig hunts as well. No yep. one really comes just for pig hunting, but sometimes once they've, you know, shot a deer, it's, you know, something else to do. Something so, different, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they go out, shoot a deer, and ask if we can catch a pig too. So we go out and do that, and just another experience for people. So just. Yeah. With. Um, so with your meat hunts and your trophy hunts, are your clients taking the meat? Like, do you find most people? Yeah, yeah. Some of the international guys won't, but yeah, the majority so. of guys will, will do. And yep. um, on our trophy hunts, we'll vacuum package it for guys as well. So we'll skin it, butcher it, vacuum package it. So oh, it's awesome. all, you know, nicely done for them when they take it home. And um, we do that option for guys on meat hunts as well. We've just got to pay a little bit more, and we'll yep. package it all for them. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. No, it, it's, um, you know, like with the, the growth and the hunting, the I guess ethical harvesting of organic meat all, you know all that sort of big terminology like there's a growth in that yes yeah, and, and you know if you can provide that service because it's one thing to I guess get to a point where you've shot an animal but then there's a whole other skill set to get it broken down to where it looks good in your freezer it's not just <laughs> chunks of meat and new old bags in the freezer yeah, exactly. you know so that's it's good that you're doing that for them that's what a lot of guys want to learn as well and I suppose that brings that learning aspect back into it so you get these you know people that are new to hunting you know they want that whole experience, but then to also, you know they, you know, help you help them skin the animal, butcher the animal, package it. I mean it's, you know they see the whole thing from start to finish. And it's, and then they can take that skill set away with as their hunting grows and yeah, exactly. start doing it elsewhere. Oh, that's awesome. So what's um, 
what what is what are you hoping to achieve with the outfit? Like what's oh, I suppose um, the big master plan. Just growth really. We've got a got a lot of room for growth at this stage, so I just wanna keep it building really and mm-hmm. um, you know, with the Guides Association here we get the you know, the concession for the um, public band. So, you know, we've taken a few guys down south for Tar and Shemi and you know, it's keeping it all the same, the free range foot hunt sort of style. Yeah. You know, backpack hunts. And so I suppose that's uh, another area we'd like to do more of in time. Just mm-hmm. try and expand into a wee bit more of that. Start trying to get a few more guys down there as well, and just yeah, just um, general growth, I suppose. And it's your your full time, like you know, it's sort of a, I guess it's a personal career goal. You you know. Yeah, you know, this is my sole focus. It's all I'm doing at the moment. Yeah. And um, that's yeah enough to keep me pretty busy anyway. But I'm yeah you know, really lucky just to have good people around me. You know I've got um you know, like I mentioned four older brothers I can call on they help out and good friends around and so like prior to Jacob starting with the guide you know guiding for us this year you know, I've had um friends and family that can help me out with guiding you mm-hmm. know, here and there and that sort of thing so just awesome. yeah really lucky to have people like that around yeah yeah that, yeah yeah really lucky but that's sort of a reflection of you and what you're doing and stuff you know like yeah hopefully <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is. I can tell you that. So, um, what about what about bigger goals? Like, you want to go overseas again and hunt something, or oh, I'd love love to you know go back over there and um, you know do the guiding thing again. But it's just the time issue. You know, I wanted to go back again last year, but just too busy of what's going on here. Yeah. So, to be honest, I don't think I'll get there to work again. But I'd love to go back there to hunt for myself one day. Um, so, I made a few friends. Hunt over the moose. There and, yeah, hunt the moose or beer or something even. Just yeah, yeah, just yeah. try and see more of the world, I suppose. Yeah, yeah I suppose do more of a travelling hunting sort of thing. Ah, well, I mean, you're, you're dipping your toes into the right position to be able to do that, you know. Yeah. Like just once you get there and the outfit's going good and your other staff and you start yeah. making those relationships, like... Tied in with a bit of advertising too. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Work trip. With the, the mountain hunting that you want to be doing and stuff like that, like the Alps yep. and so forth, like as a as a young outfitter, I guess you know, like investing time and effort and money into this. Like, what, like, do you get concerned about the fact that, like, you know, the plans for eradication around tar and the influences that, that may or may not have? Like, does that worry you from a business point of view? Yeah, certainly, because that's um, you know, have a pretty big effect on things. I think a number of outfitters are in the same boat there, because you know, there's um, you know, a lot of people wanting to do tar hunts, and um, yeah, if there's none left, it could be. Yeah, pretty <laughs> near <laughs> on impossible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, slightly concerning, but I think um, you know what the Game Animal Council and Tar Foundation and the work those guys do is amazing, and also the way it's of United Hunters, it's really brought people together. Yep. Um, I think that's pretty cool. Just you know, got to continue to have people back it, I suppose. And yeah, and I think we like we we had that big first wave of you know becoming united. And then I think what we need to do now as hunters is join the NZDAs and actually start going, okay, well, I need to, if I want to have a voice, I need to be somewhere where my voice can be heard and I need to, you know, start becoming involved in organisations and so forth. Yeah, just need more people supporting those organisations. Yeah, like the, the numbers need to sound better. Yeah. You yeah, know, like in real simple form. You know, yeah. I think there's just over 8,000 members of the NZDA, yeah. which is... Considering the amount of hunters, yeah, and arguably like yeah. our biggest voice for a lot of the hunting-related yeah. topics, you know, good and bad, and to, to think, like that's a pretty poor number, yeah, yeah, you know, could, and, could and your also. annual fee, uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's pretty minimal, yeah, compared to, and it, and it comes with the insurance value too, so 
it's, yeah, it's actually pretty cheap. pretty cheap. Yeah, yeah. And, and for and for what we do and what we ask out of hunting and as here in New Zealanders. Like, you know, we hunt a lot. We get a lot of value back. Oh, we're so yeah. lucky really, aren't we? Yeah. To have what we've got. So I think I think that's where you know, there needs to be another push and another drive around that. You know, we got really got really close at that time. But we, I think we yeah, need to stay with it as a whole, not not a game animal council, not a yeah, tar yeah, foundation, as a but as, as hunters as a whole, we should have kept each other on it. Yeah, yeah. keep pushing. So, so no, it'll be interesting to see um, where it goes, but uh, hopefully it's not as bad as what we're. Uh, well, I just I just hope that it's um, educated. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and there's actually consultation and there's thought processes around it, and it, yeah. and the the thought process and the the outcomes or potential outcomes have a value for everybody like I get everybody in that on either side of the argument wants to achieve a particular thing or have it a particular way so it's about making sure everybody's getting enough out of that because yeah, it won't work for anybody if it's all one way or the other way yeah exactly it's got to be a, you know, it's got to be middle uh, ground yeah it's got to be fair doesn't it but um, just hopefully they you know, base it off some proper research and you know, there's some good backing behind it you know not a you know, I think we could all agree on um, you know, a few nannies probably need to go out of some mm-hmm. areas. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone knows that, but you know, that's one thing. And whereas you know, culling out a whole herd is something totally different. It's a, it's a loss. Yeah. You know, like we, in this day and time, you know, like we should, we should be smarter than that mm. as a country, as a, as part of the entire world. You know what I mean? Like we, it's it's another species. It's been here a long time. We've got to manage the impact. Like I'm not not debating around that, but you know they're a pretty impressive animal, and we're lucky to have them. Oh, certainly. And you know, I can't agree with you more there. And um, yeah, very lucky to have them, and they bring a lot into the country each year as well, which I think the you know, the uh, government sort of tend to look past a wee bit. Mm. They, um, yeah. Well, the likes of yourself, and that's I guess that's how we ended up on this little chat now. But you know, like a young guy starting out an outfit that wants to do free range genuine hunts low impact you yeah. know but bringing in economy or bringing positive you know um, economy around you know it's a shame that yeah slightly concerning there's, there's a risk at that for you like it, that's, that's um, not ideal but yeah it's yeah like I say hopefully hopefully it's not as big an impact as you know, it yeah. could have possibly been at one point yeah, it's slightly concerning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. no, no, that's right. And so your partner, she helps out on the yeah, estate. Yeah, yep. no, she's she's getting really into it. She's still studying full time at the moment, so mm-hmm. it keeps her busy. But um, she's sort of taken charge of a lot of the online stuff that we do, and so that's really cool. Um, you know, for a while there, I was sort of doing everything and um, just doing too everything much at about fifty percent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just too yeah. much. So, so now she's helping out now the online stuff, which is really cool, and um, trying to really you know push that. Awesome. Yeah, really cool to have her her on board as well, you know. um, Pretty lucky, I suppose, to have a woman that doesn't mind being out in the bush. And having to fit with the... Just having to fit with the industry, because there's nothing really set in stone about it. It bounces all over the show. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, a bit uh, bit different. A couple of key things. So when you're... Your clients are hunting. What sort of calibers are you shooting with? Like what sort of distances? Uh, so like we have a couple of client rifles, um, 306, 7 mm eight, two seventy. Sort of, you know, just your standards. Um, and we sort of run, you know, dial-up scopes on top of them, which we, you know, find pretty handy. We do a lot of bush hunting. Um, so the ranges that we, you know, the, there's a lot of variation in the range that we shoot. 
you know, sometimes he might be shooting less than 10 yards and under the bush, and other times he might be out in the open, um, you know, shooting slightly further afield. Mm. So that's where having you know good quality scopes is really handy, I suppose. Something you can wind right back or crank right up. Yeah, like shooting deer that close, um, it's quite hard to work with clients at that range. Yeah, it know? can be at times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I suppose yeah. Um, trying to do that all, but still keeping everything um, safe is probably one of the hardest things. You know, a lot of Kiwis when they're you know, bush stalking like that, they want to have the you know, rifle and half cock or, or you know, loaded safety, yeah. that sort of thing. But when there's, um, you know, people who haven't handed rifles before and whatnot, you know, it's just no, you know, what it's like in the industry, there's no room for error. So I suppose because of that, you miss quite a few animals because yep. the animal's, you know, so close and you're trying to get your client organised, but the deer's right there. Yeah. So um, trying to communicate amongst people either. Even with hand signals, that, you know, yeah. even without any voice at all. Yeah, exactly. At can be 10 yards tough. from a deer is... Yeah, yeah. quite tough. Um, it certainly keeps you on your toes a wee bit, yeah. you know, especially when you're trying to train the pup and video it too. <laughs> it's a yeah, bit messy, yeah. but oh well. You just need another set of hands. Yeah, yeah, sometimes. But, the, but then clients that are, I guess, haven't had a massive hunting in background, getting that close to animals must be something pretty special for them. Yeah, you know, it's something that we really enjoy too, you know, doing a... It's, it's sort of proper New Zealand hunting, you know, bush hunting and we're all with a wild stick, you know, mm. it's pretty pretty fun. Yeah. And um, a lot of clients love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the and during the raw loads, how long's your raw period roughly like? Oh, I'd probably say a month, give and take. Yeah. So they'll thing, they'll, so. they'll like come in hot yeah. for a month. That's, yeah, that's yeah, a good, so good, good, good duration, eh? Yeah, yeah. Well, it keeps a wee bit of fun there, Yeah. And, um, plenty of deer about, so Yeah. And then you got the fellow as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So plenty of fellows. Probably pretty 50 50 at the moment. Really? The, uh, red fellow sort of ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, so good bit of variation there. You don't find the fellow are, are pushing the red around a bit? And yeah, it's sort of a bit of a concern I've got. Um, you know, I suppose if the fellow numbers get too high, then you know, could, um, yeah, could sort of push reds around a wee bit, mm. push them out. And um, everyone tends to come for a red when a fellow's more of an add-on so yep. we're trying to do a bit of management there at the moment yeah you know, just sort of herd control yeah no definitely because i've i've seen it for sure like yeah. when fellows start turning up reds start disappearing from yeah. Yeah. Think, you know, eventually yeah and it's um you'd be a shame you yeah. know like you've got lots of land but you've only got x amount of land too mm. you can't yeah, sort exactly. of you know, push them around too much so yeah now we we have um went pretty hard on some of our meat hunts last year trying to i suppose reduce the fellow numbers a wee bit and we'll yep. continue to do that this year you know we ideally want more reds and fellow rather than a 50 50 so we've just got to keep on them really and do you have like a an intention for stag hind ratio or um yeah so we had the um you know uh, Cam Speedy came over the place before I took over block and do his wildlife report on the place. So mm-hmm. we've got a, a quite a comprehensive report there on you know, herd numbers and what we should be shooting, what we should be leaving. And so that's you know, really nice to have that. I mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. can't remember it all off the top of my head. It's a pretty comprehensive report. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah. yeah so I've got, basically got a game plan there on what we should be doing. And so we try and follow a wee bit of that. Yeah, it's pretty handy to have. It's good. Like, a, like when we were, the work I did in Saskatchewan, we were... We were two hinds to a buck, or yeah. two does to a buck for the white tail, but yeah. So the numbers were, you know, yeah, right down, but they were real competitive, and it was it was good. Yeah. You know, and then, and then especially if you're tying that with a a real management direction, then you start getting those percentages with quality. Like it's pretty awesome. Yeah, just got to keep on top of them, really. Yeah, you know? that's it. You've got a job to do. Yeah. It's not you know you don't just get to rest on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's yeah, just um, 
hopefully you know now having a bit more help in the business as well other people around it should free up a bit more time for me to like I said before doing a lot of things at 50% a few more people will be able to get you know start to do things a bit better so yeah and then so do you are you basically all year round at the moment or what are you uh we close shop over summer so basically close up uh in from basically the end of november close up for december january february Mm -hmm. um you know i think by carrying on when you sort of shoot yourself in the foot a wee bit for later on you know we close up let the let the hinds have their forms let the stags grow out you mm-hmm. know let them, let them do their thing so well and give yourself a break too like yeah exactly i suppose you know you, do it well stage. you're living the dream like i don't know you don't want it to become a burden either yeah you know, yeah you have your break. bit of time out yeah yeah bit for sure out. so no that that seems to work you know um yeah it's getting too hot at that time of year as well you know mm-hmm. deer sort of disappearing and um I suppose you're sort of limited to about 25% of your herd. You know, don't want to be shooting our spikers. We're our future stags. Don't want to shoot the hinds when they've got fawns at foot. So you're really you're only looking for yearling hinds. Mm-hmm. And if you've only got you know pretty small hours before it gets hot, and you're only you're only targeting 25% of the herd, yeah, it's just not worth carrying the, on with. Yeah, really. the economics don't add up, do they? Yeah, yeah, worth closing up for a wee bit. Yeah, and so when your when your guides are out looking for stags, like, are, are you deliberately looking? Like for age and quality, like is that? Yeah, certainly. You know, so sort of you know, intention. You, yeah, certainly. So you know, you go out to you know you're targeting mature stags, just trying to target those those older boys. You know, I think by shooting those younger ones, again, with it being a you know being a, it's a free range herd, you know, it's not um you know so because of that, we've got to look after it. You know, if we went and shot all our younger stags, mm. we'd be in a bit of trouble later later down the track. So I think I think there's boys. been a little bit of a shift here in New Zealand, like the the, the Kiwis perception on trophy is heading a little bit more towards age than actual points or inches yes yeah, i think there's a little shift in that which is a really cool shift you know because i think that's going to be better for us yeah. in the long run you know if we start looking towards yeah the, the value of a, a really old head that maybe doesn't have the size the length the points of a younger one but yeah it seems seems like a lot more hunters are starting to think about things a bit more before you know just before pulling the trigger i suppose um, and I think that you know a lot of that even probably comes back to work you and Matt do with you know lots of your podcast and um, training training young fellas up. And yeah, cool yeah. Well, we've done I think about two hundred and eighty now. Yeah, it's uh, awesome. two hundred and eighty guys. And the cool thing about that is when they come back like yourself, you've got a little group of guys that you do all your hunting with, and you sort of educate that little group. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. So uh, we're definitely. It's, yeah, it's I'd like changing. to think we're definitely putting a little footprint in there anyway. Yeah, yeah, definitely changing, <laughs> which is pretty cool. I yeah. suppose um, a lot of the young guys doing the uh, Canada experiences as well, or you know, like myself, you know, he mentioned before, they've got to go through the whole assessment process, and um, you know, they've been bringing it back to New Zealand, and it's got to help. Mm, so, yeah. yeah, back to our hunts, we certainly you know do that, and you know, you've got to make sure what you're shooting, yeah, you know, what you're after, basically. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, no, so that's been a good chat, Ollie. Good to catch up. Basically, we only see each other at the shows nowadays, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll get, I'll get, I'll get up there one day this year. But yeah, wish you all the luck with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's good to see, a, obviously, a ultimate OE old boy living his dream, but also sticking to some of the good ethics that we like, like the free range and the, the assessment of age, and you know, it's good. Oh, thanks, Karen. It's been good chat and uh, good to catch up again. Yeah, You've come check the block out at some stage. Yeah, no, definitely, eh. Go and see what all these dogs are made of. Yeah, go chase the pig around. <laughs> no, perfect. All right, thanks, man. Cheers. G'day. Thanks for listening to the Educated Hunter podcast. There are a number of ways you can connect with myself, Matthew Gibson, or my partner in crime, Curran Island, at The Educated Hunter. 
And the hub for all of this is our website, theeducatedhunter.com. Our Instagram page is at theeducatedhunter. Our website also has a spot where you can sign up for our newsletter that comes once every two weeks and is full of relevant information about hunting in New Zealand and around the world. And lastly, you can search out any of the episodes that we've done in the past and find the show notes on that episode. Other than that, thanks very much for listening and I hope you're having a good day wherever you are and your next hunting adventure is not too far away.